Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Praise God. Well, welcome back, Wisdom and Stuff uh, podcast. This is Daryl Boucher, and we are... Uh, delving into the subject of just just igniting vision and passion. Uh, right now, you know, there's just a lot of people right now in the body of Christ and all over the world that just don't know how to ignite that vision, how to ignite that passion. And one of the things we we have to realize is I don't want I don't want anybody to to get all shame based about something or condemned about it, being like, oh yeah, I'm just you know I just don't know. I feel so far from the vision, so far from the passion. Um, you know what? That's okay. If you if it doesn't matter how far it feels like you are, it's right on the inside of you. It's right on the inside of your heart. You know when when before we got saved. Uh, we were separated from God. We were alienated, alienated from God. We were literally darkness. The Bible says in Ephesians that we were darkness and we became light. Um, it says that we were enemies of God, right? It says, it says that we were children of the devil. You can't get any more separated from God, right? We were infinitely separated from God. And then what happened was we heard the gospel. And uh, then at some point in time, we believed and we spoke and we went from being darkness to light. That's how quick that is. If we can change our eternal identity in a moment, in the blink of an eye, if we can activate eternal identity in the blink of an eye, then we can activate vision and passion just as easily. Praise God. And so it doesn't matter how far away you feel. It doesn't even matter how far away you actually are. Because before I was saved, I felt far from God because I was far from God. Because I was eternally, and I should say, infinitely separated from Him. But praise God, He put something on the inside of me to to engage with Him in a moment. And so He put something on the inside of each of us to engage with vision and passion in a moment. Okay. Now, one of the things I I, I find interesting uh, when it comes to vision and passion and just how we're supposed to be. Uh, fueled, I guess, you know, in our daily walk is, you know, we, we, we tend to, once again, allow the world to tell us how things are done. God does things exactly the opposite of the world. Um, his, his thoughts and his ways are infinitely higher than the world. So his thoughts and his ways are infinitely higher than the world. Uh, you know, there are people in the world who have who have come across godly principles, and they have utilized godly principles to find success in areas of life uh, because they came from God. But, uh, but still, when we actually operate in God's ways, not just His principles, but in His ways, we find that our life looks 180 degrees different than the world, and everything we do is going to be just just 100% different. And so when we're talking about vision and passion, uh, we, we need to engage with just a different thought base. And and we you can go and get motivated. There's a lot of great motivational speakers out there. There's some that are, that are definitely of God. There's some that are born again, love God. There's some that are even, like I said, preaching and teaching godly principles that are not even saved. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But at the same time, what we want to do is we want to engage with our nature of God on the inside of us. And so... One of the things I think is interesting is is in Genesis chapter one. And I won't turn over there, but you can you can turn over there you know whenever you want. But in Genesis chapter one, he tells us how he created the heavens and the earth. 
And what I find interesting about it is we know that he did it in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. But on in six days, though, it says that uh, if, if you go through the timeline, it says, uh, you know, he created things. It says, and, and, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And the evening and the morning were the second day. The evening and the morning were the third day. And so that's how he, that's how he God being truth, um, looks at, uh, a day. It, it begins in the evening and ends in, in, in the morning. Basically it's like in the evening, in the morning, in the evening, in the morning. And, um, and so, uh, and, and we know that, uh, that the, in the Jewish, you know, uh, uh, the, the Hebrew, I guess, J- Jewish calendar, uh, they, they like on Sabbath, their Sabbath is from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. And so it begins in the evening. Their days begin in the evening and they end at the next sundown. So, so they're, they're, they stay more true to the biblical format of a day where it begins in the evening. It begins at sundown, and then and you go from the evening and, th- and then through the day, and it ends at sundown. Now, um, what we do in the Western world uh, is we think our day begins in the morning. And so we, we begin our day in the morning and we end in the evening. You know, we end whatever, whenever we go to bed at night. Uh, but that's not how God does it. And I remember one time I was, I was just reading over that. And of course, it was curious to me. So I, I began just to ask God, why did he do it that way? And, and I, I think there's obviously infinite layers to why God does everything, because he's an infinite God. So everything he does has an infinite capacity to it. And so when he reveals things, I believe it's just layers of it. So one of the layers that I think he revealed to me one time, he asked me, he said, he said, okay, he goes, he goes, so if you look in Genesis, it begins in the evening. So, so the day begins in the evening and then, and then, you know, it goes overnight and then it, then, then it goes into the day and then, and then basically at sundown the next day, that's when the day ends. And I'm like, okay, well, according to how this is written, yeah, that's how it works. And that's how the Jewish people do it. Um, is they they count Sabbath from sundown Friday night to sundown Saturday night. That is that is their Sabbath. And uh, so he asked me this question. He said, "Well, what do you do at night?" He goes, "What you should do at night." He goes, "Night is made for two things. Night is made for resting and for uh, dreaming. That's what night is made for." And uh, he he goes, "I didn't design you to 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 uh, you know." get up and do all your work and then rest and dream after you're done. He goes, I designed you to rest and dream and then do everything during the day from resting and dreaming. He goes, I didn't design resting and dreaming to be a, a, the end of your day. He goes, I designed resting and dreaming to be the beginning of your day. That, that, that everything should be produced from resting and dreaming. And that resting and dreaming isn't a reward for doing good work. Good work is a result of resting and dreaming. Okay, did we get that? So, so it's like you know, he he designed everything to, to that we do to be a byproduct of resting and dreaming, and and that's why in in Hebrews it says to, to that that there there remains a rest for the people of God that we're supposed to be entering into the rest that God has ordained for us because that's how we do everything. That's why Jesus could say that everything was easy and light because he was doing it from a place of rest, and that's why he even says in, in, in the same text in Matthew chapter eleven he says. Come, he goes, all you who are, who are burdened and heavy laden, I'll give rest to your souls. This thing is supposed to be easy and light, but but our our our, our productivity in life, what we're supposed to be doing in life, what he's designed for you and I to do is going to come from resting and dreaming. 
It's going to come from that place where we literally are just at rest, where we just are so content, we're so at ease in ourselves. And and resting is not necessarily inactivity. Resting is a, a state of the soul, okay? We, we can be very active and still be restful, okay? But at the same time, we can also be inactive and and, and unrestful in our soul. We can be literally just laying on our bed and our mind can be racing and our soul can be restless because we're striving with different things, trying to produce, worried about things, taking anxiety and all the other things. Well, the same, the same thing can be true. We can be very, very active. We can be busy doing things, but we can be doing it from rest. And so he he designed in Genesis 1, if you look through it, how he did it, the morning and the, and the day, that was the, the, the first day, second day, third day. It began with the evening and then the morning. It began with the evening and then the daytime. And so so we need to learn that, that if we're going to do what God has put us on, put on the inside of us, if, if that vision is going to actually propel us, then we need to value the rest of God. We need to value dreaming more. Dreaming is such an important thing. Bill Johnson has a great book out there called Dreaming with God. And and I just, I encourage you, I mean, go, go ahead and, and, you know, pick up, I mean, I like a lot of his books, but, uh, but Dreaming with God is, is such a good one. And, uh, and I just think we, we need to, we need to engage our hearts with God's dreams, engage our hearts with God's dreams. He gave us the capacity of imagination and dreaming so that we could accept a reality we haven't yet experienced. And this is what will fuel the passion in our lives. The thing is, though, that if if we don't get used to vision, if we don't get used to um, a dreaming, we don't get used to having vision or having having rest, then the wrong thing is trying to fuel uh, you know, what God puts on the inside of us. And so we'll just get frustrated because the, the things that he puts on the inside of us are bigger than this earth. They can't be done by human capacity as far as by the works of our hands. They can't be done by just human effort. They have to be done by faith. They have to be done by the spirit of God through us. They are supernatural by design. We are supernatural by design. And so, so in order to actually operate in the, in the, the, the purpose and the vision and the, and basically the things that he's designed us to do, we've got to get very used to rest and to dreaming because otherwise we'll look at, if he, if he just throws something up in the, in, in the middle of, a, of, of our prayer time and says, Hey, here's what I've called you to do. We will freak out if we don't have a very comfortable relationship with, with resting and dreaming. Because we will automatically assign that thing to the works of our hands. And either we will dumb it down and say, well, what God really meant was this thing that I can produce. Or we will strive and strive and strive to try to get there by our own ability, and it will never be done. You know, and uh, I remember a great story. Um, one of my teachers in Bible school, Doc Horton, he, I'm sure he's in heaven now, but he... Uh, um, he 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 had a vision. God gave him a vision of building an orphanage, in uh you know like uh, you know in the desert in like Arizona for like Navajo children or or these different ones Native American children and uh, and he was and God gave him the vision for it. Now he said he had he had just you know prayed into it you know sought God da 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 da. He said ten years had gone by and he was nowhere closer to having anything done on it. I mean, he had the land for it and that was it. But he didn't have, I mean, the ground wasn't even broke for it. He didn't have anything done on this thing, and 10 years had gone by. And he knew where it was supposed to be. He had the vision for it as far as he had the picture of it in his mind. He had it written down. He had it all drawn up, blah, 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 whatever. And um, and he said, he said he was just like, you know, praying. He's like, Lord, what is up? Why hasn't this happened yet? And uh, and the Lord, you know, and I, I might be getting some of the wording wrong, but the Lord basically just said, 
are you about done? And he's like, what do you mean? He goes, are you about done trying to do this yourself? Or are you just going to let me do it? He goes, I didn't give you that vision so that you would do it. I, I gave you that vision so I could do something on the earth. And Doc is like, oh. And he had to repent for uh, attaching God's vision to his ability and be like, oh, this is about God's ability in me. That's what this is about. And so he just, he said, okay, I repent. And I just give it. He goes, I, I, he goes, I had to cast all of that over on the Lord. I had to, I, he goes, I had to speak things out of my mouth, cast things over on the Lord and, and repent and ask for forgiveness for trying to carry those things. He said, once he did that, man, he said the weight was totally lifted. And he was, he was out there on that property and he was just shouting and giving glory to God because he knew it had been done. He knew that it had been done. And now he said within two weeks, he said two weeks, he said, this is not a lie. Within two weeks, I was breaking ground. In two weeks time, I was breaking ground. He goes, and everything that he goes, that thing went up so fast. He goes, I didn't have to try to do anything. He goes, resources just came in. He goes, one time, uh, he goes, they, they were, they, they, it was going up. They were doing you know, all the framing was getting done and it's out in the middle of nowhere. He goes, there's a, there's a dirt road that comes up to it, but that dirt road, you have to drive you know, a few miles out and then you hit another like state highway that, that is paved, but it doesn't really go anywhere either. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, he goes, he goes, uh, so they're out there on the property, they're building stuff, whatever this framing is going up, you know, and it's, it's looking like a building. And, um, he goes, he looks out there and he goes, you can see it far away off. You can see the state road. That's how far away you can see. Cause there ain't nothing out there. And, uh, he goes, he sees this, this big old black car, you know, this nice, nice, you know, like, you know, town car type type car. And it, it, he goes, he sees it turn up at the dirt road off of the state highway. He turn it, it comes all the way up there. He goes, this guy gets out. And he goes, what's going on out here? You know, and, and Doc goes, well, here's what's going on. We're building an orphanage, da, 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 da. You know, and the guy goes, um, uh, okay, well, uh, he goes, what are you, uh, you know, are, are, what are you going to have for air conditioning? It's a desert, you know, it's going to be hot. And, uh, and Doc goes, well, we don't really have the money to do that. That's not really in the budget. So we'll, we might add that later, you know, if we get the money to, to, to add that later. But, but right now we don't really have the budget for that. And the guy goes, tell you what, he goes, um, he goes, I was just driving by and he goes, and I saw the building and he goes, he goes, something just told me to pull in. And so he, I mean, not just pull in, he had to drive several miles out of his way, but he goes, something told me to come up here. And he, he pulls out his car and he goes, I am the, the leading, the, the, the biggest, um, air conditioning, heating and air guy in Los Angeles. He goes, when you get ready to, to, to have air put in, you let me know and I'll cover the whole thing. I'll send my crew out here and we'll do it all. And he goes, and they did, they came out, they paid for the whole thing. He didn't have to pay a dime. And he had top of the line air conditioning in there. He goes, that, that whole, that whole thing went up without it, without anything. This is about God. This is about God doing what he can do, right? But but for 10 years, that, that dream went dormant because Doc was trying to do it by himself. And if we're not very familiar with resting and dreaming and how these things work, we're going to, we're going to stunt the very things that God wants to do on the inside of us. We're going to stunt, or either we're going to like to dumb them down to where they look like what we can do, or we're going to get frustrated and stop even allowing our, the dreams to come out of our mouth. You know, and, and so we get, we get enslaved to our own ability. We get enslaved to our past and all this other stuff. But now, uh, I just I, I I just love the fact that that God gave us a a, a, a way to literally um, you know, break the cycle of requirement obligation and to actually enter into a cycle where vision and dream is common occurrence. Nobody in heaven is having a problem with visions with vision or purpose, right? And so if we're having a problem with it, it's because we have to enter into a different atmosphere. We have to allow heaven's atmosphere to begin to dominate us and. 
stop saying things like when 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 we think about something, we tend to if it's if it, if it feels too big for us, we tend to put it off on somebody else, and so we're like, oh yeah, that'll be nice when that happens. Well, why not now? Why not right now? You know, and, and but but we we tend to to literally laugh at the promise of God. We 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 have something on the inside of us that says that's absurd right now. And honestly, the cool thing about that is both Abraham and Sarah both laughed at the promise of God when it came to Isaac, because so many years had gone by without it happening that when God brought it up again, they both laughed. And of course, Sarah denied laughing, but Abraham laughed in in in, the, in just right before Sarah laughed. They both were at that place where the promise of God was so absurd to them. They're like, yeah, that's not. Good going to happen. These are the the patriarchs of our faith. This is the mother and father of our faith. They're the ones who started this whole thing by faith, and they're the ones who laughed at the absurd notion that God was going to do something in their old age, right? And yet they had Isaac like within a year. I mean, it was like right then. You know, and uh, and it's because, of course, if you if you go back and you read the accounts of it in like Genesis seventeen and stuff, you find out that that's because God says, "Okay, you're going to have to start calling yourself something different. You're going to have to speak over yourself something differently. You have to begin to find your relationship within the dream differently. Stop, stop waiting for God to do something and take your relationship into that dream and say, "Oh, that's who I am. I am the one who does this." You know, he had to say, "I am Abraham. I'm the I'm the father of of uh, you know nations and, and you know and, and she's the mother." of princes or whatever. I mean, she had to, they had to change their names to actually adopt something that wasn't yet in their life and was absurd to their, to their mind, to their natural mind. It was absurd to them. So whatever's absurd to you right now, we need to adjust. All, all it takes is us adjusting our relationship to it and saying, but God. And God, it's easy for God to do this. It's simple for God to do this. And he doesn't just want to do it. He, he's designed me to be a channel for it to come through. This is God we're talking about, and he's in us. So don't just relegate it to God doing something. Understand it's God doing doing it through us. We are worthy of it flowing through. We are capable of it flowing through. We are designed for it to flow through. We are the just instrument for God's nature to flow through. He put us on the earth to allow his nature to flow through us. Now, um, uh, I, I, I want to get more into this, but uh, one of the things I, I, I want to I want us to, to briefly touch on before we wrap this up is over in Exodus chapter three. Uh, let me just let me get over there. In Exodus chapter three, what we see is Moses, and uh, um, Moses, uh, he, he's such a great um, I don't know to me example of activating purpose and vision. Now here he was in Exodus chapter three. By this time, he's eighty years old. And he has been, he was, you know, raised as the prince of Pharaoh for 40 years in Egypt. And then he's been in uh, what we call the backside of the desert or in Midian for 40 years. And, um, and he is married, you know, got kids, the whole thing at this point in time. He's, it says here, he's, he's very content in, 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 at the end of chapter two, it says that he was content to dwell there. He had found a place that was, that was easy it was comfortable. It was familiar. Um, he just found a place of contentment in this place called Midian, um, just being a shepherd and, and you know, just doing what he's doing. Now, he's 80 years old. And at one point in time, when he was a younger man, we know that he had something come up on the inside of him that saw the injustice against his Hebrew people in Israel. And he, he reached out and he slew an Egyptian. And so something was there. He knew that there was something on the inside of him that was designed 
had something to do with the freedom of, of, of Israel. It had something to do with the freedom of the Jewish people. He knew something was there, but he didn't know how to express that or define that. And and yet now, now 40 years has gone by and he's at a place of contentment in a lifestyle that looks nothing like what's on the inside of him. What he, he is designed to lead the people of God. And what he's leading here is just a flock, right? And, uh, and, he, he's at a place of contempt where he's talked himself into this is what he's called to do. And he's talked himself into the fact that whatever maybe he felt at one time, he either disqualified himself for it, or it's been too long, or he's too old, or whatever. He has a thousand different excuses, but he's like, nah, you know what? I'm content here. I'm good. This must be what God's called me to do, and whatever I was feeling before was either wrong or I disqualified myself. And so, if anybody right now listening, is, you know, has that, that kind of mentality, understand it's not too late. Moses is the example of not too late. Praise God. Moses is the example of how we do this. Okay. Now, um, and we're, we're out of time right now. We're going to get into Moses next time, but uh, but I want I just want to encourage you. In, to, to begin to activate that 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 rest and the dreaming part of it allow your your imagination and your mind to dream big and and not just dream as if something's going to happen someday but find look at your place in that look at your place who who are you in the middle of that who are you in that dream okay you're not just an observer you're not just one who partakes of what god god is doing you're one who stewards what god is doing in the earth and so we have to activate our reality differently to where it's like, oh, I'm not called to observe God, I'm called to engage and co-labor with God. And so I want to encourage you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this time, and we thank you, Father, that you've designed us to be people who operate from rest and from dreaming, from rest and from dreaming. And I just thank you, Lord God. If there be things on the inside of us that have been dormant, or maybe we squashed them down through frustration or just or just whatever, Father God, if we're, if we're like Moses who, are, who is content to do things, and we think this is our lot in life we just call we call the fire back up we call the fire back up father god and i think if there's if there's things that we've been we've been wanting but we've been striving to get them done like doc horton was doing we just we just want to be quick to repent and allow you to do what you can do through us and we just thank you for it in jesus name amen thanks for joining us today on wisdom and stuff Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.